There we go. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Investor Frame podcast. I am here with uh, an incredible guest. Her name is Blake Schofield. Blake is the founder and CEO of two coaching companies. And actually, last year, she was ranked as uh, top 10 professional coaches by USA Today. It's incredible to have her here. She's an incredible human inside and out. Welcome in, Blake. Uh, it's so nice to see you again. Thank you. I'm uh, excited to be here and always enjoy my time with you, Paul. Well, great. Well, let's jump in. I want to know more about your background because uh, I got to know this when we were sitting in Little Italy, uh, maybe six months ago with Dr. Jeff Spencer in San Diego. And you were telling me about this incredible story of, of your success in the corporate world. Let's start there. Let's talk about your background a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I've had a really, for an entrepreneur, sort of a different background um, and very diverse in a lot of ways. I uh, knew really early on my passion was people. And so I decided, I think I was maybe 12, I decided I was going to become a, a marriage and family psychologist. That was my goal. That's what I went to college for. And then I hit uh, the end of my junior year and I started to see things that didn't really fit. Uh, I wanted to pick who I got to work with, kind of can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, I also wanted to work with people where I was helping them make positive momentum forward. I didn't want to be having the same conversation about past stuff with people for two or three years. And so I sort of went through my first career crisis and thought, what in the world am I going to do? And at the time, the personal development field pretty much was like Tony Robbins mm -hmm. or these people that had been like Marines and come back and been injured and had this really inspiring story. But I remember thinking, gosh, that's what I want to do. I want to go on stage and I want to inspire people. But I thought to myself, who's going to listen to a 22-year-old girl? Like, what do I have to share? And so I did what a lot of other people do, which is I looked externally for the answers. I went to my, you know, college career counselor, I asked friends and family, and they all said, well, you love people, so you should go into HR because that's where people, people go. So I started my career out in human resources, um, did a couple of different roles there and figured out pretty quickly that I could not see myself doing this for another 30 some odd years. Uh, really felt very lost. And I remember saying to my husband, oh my God, is this really what life is like? This is horrible. Like, I, don't, I was so, I had so looked forward to my career. And while I was in it, I was thinking this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And after going through, I guess I would call sort of a bout of depression, trying to figure out what to do. Um, my husband was like, hey, you really loved helping people move into buying roles and fashion and business and all of that. And I think you'd be great at it. Um, but I actually had been one of those people that was always great at English and communication and writing. I'm like, I'm not great at math. So I said to myself, if I can teach myself retail math and I'm pretty good at it, then I will, then I will go for the job. Um, well, sure enough, went to the bookstore, taught myself retail math, figured out retail math actually was nowhere near as challenging for me as like calculus. And that started a 16-year career in corporate merchandising, where I worked all the way up from like assistant buyer to director of merchandising. I worked for five different retailers across those 18 years. And I continued to be a top performer in every company that I worked for, um, continued to deliver results. And I think the most challenging part for me in my career was that it wasn't a constant high or a constant low. It was this constant roller coaster. Every time I would move to a new job, I would be excited, passionate, energized. And about six to nine months in, I would want to die. 
Mm-hmm. I would be so bored, so frustrated. And so trying to figure out what else to do. And so there were parts of my job I really loved, but there were a lot of parts that I really didn't love. Um, I would say on average, in the 18 years I spent in corporate, I worked an average of 50 to 70 hours a week. I have three kiddos. Um, and I spent so many of those years uh, searching job boards, interviewing at different companies, hoping that the next job, the next promotion, the next company would finally make me happy, right? Where I could actually do work that I was passionate and fulfilled with um, and also have the balance that I wanted to be the type of mom, wife, friend that I wanted to be. And there's not a ton of outside, well, you said it early on, we're seeking external validation. And and it's this, well, maybe if I just get a different job, it'll be different somehow. Um, that's really tough for a lot of people because it's this endless loop. And I and I what I love about what you do is you help women specifically with bridge to fulfillment understand that there's there's more than just working at this corporate world. Um so how did you go from being this? Because I know what you're telling me right now is very modest compared to uh, what I know that you accomplished at some of these retailers over this, you know, 18 year career. It's, it's truly incredible what you did through, uh, you know, for Target and, you know, some of the, the, the products that you were involved with launching. It was, it's truly impressive to see this, but you made this shift yourself out of that, out of these, you know, golden handcuffs. And you said, well, I'm not fulfilled. So what was the next step? You went from, from that and, and where did you go from there? Yeah. So I hit what I call the breakdown moment. And when I finally understood that I was going through a very typical process and I could finally have the map, I understood that I was on this endless loop. So the breakdown moment is really what happens when you continue to go down a path that's misaligned, right? It just gets progressively worse and worse. And then you'll make a change, hoping that change will be better, it'll be a little bit better. And then you keep going down. And so my final move in corporate was to go work for Stitch Fix. Um, I moved my family from Minneapolis. It was my second cross-country move from Minneapolis to California to launch their plus-size business from scratch. In 11 months, to your point, we launched uh, to a 75,000-woman waitlist. And the first month of business did equal of the entire first year of Stitch Fix's volume. It's pretty amazing. They're like, but we love when I, We got to keep her around. <laughs> When I made that move, it was very quick. Very quickly, I began to feel um, I was really struggling. It was not more than about four months in that role when the level of dissatisfaction hit me very heavily. And I struggled a lot to make it that 11 months to launch that business. And I hit what I call the breakdown moment, which uh, happens when, like I said, you stay in a path that's misaligned for too long. And what happens is one of two things. You either have a severe physical or emotional burnout, or you end up on a performance plan or a layoff, even if you've been a top performer. I had no idea. And I always wondered, how come all these people in corporate are always like getting laid off or terrible in their jobs? Why do they continue to stay in this job? They're clearly miserable, unfit for, unhappy. And then I went, oh, now I understand, right? Because we get stuck to your point, golden handcuffs. We believe that this is the only thing we can do, that our skills aren't transferable. Um, We start to tell ourselves that it just has to be hard, that, right, nobody loves their job, all of these things. And so we stay too long. And so what happened to me is I hit that breakdown moment. 
I lost 10 pounds within about a matter of probably two months. And I'm a pretty small frame person. So 10 pounds for me is a lot. Um, I, at my worst, Paul was literally going into the middle. I went to the bathroom, the ladies bathroom in the middle of the day on average, I'd say three to four days a week. And I would close the stall and I would just cry Mm. because I was the breadwinner for my family of five and I felt trapped and I had no way out. And I just knew I had to make it to launch this business. I had to make it to get the stock and I had to make it long enough so I could get out and do something else. And so for me, I spent of the 11 months, I spent six of those months figuring out and building a plan to leave. And for me, ultimately, what it came down to was surrendering. For the first time in my 18 year career, after all the changes I made, I got to a point where I said, clearly what I'm doing is not working. I can't keep doing this anymore. And so I just finally said, I give it up. I'll give up the money. I'll give up whatever it is. I just, um, I want to do meaningful work and I want to have a sane life for my family. And all of this is not worth it. And it took me a really long time to get to that point of surrender because I did. I was very successful. I made over $200,000 a year. And if you're a woman at that standpoint, you're in the top like 5% of of women in the, in the United States income wise. Um, and there was so much pressure, um, behind that and so much identity behind who I was and what I drove and how people saw me. But for me, ultimately, it just got to that place where I just said, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I've moved cross country multiple times. I can't keep doing it. I ended up hiring a coach, um, and, really figuring out what was it that I was passionate about and what was it that was really meaningful to me and why had I continued to make all of these moves that didn't ultimately get me where I needed to go. And that ultimately became the framework of what became my first business, The Bridge to Fulfillment, which was reverse engineering my personal 18 year, well, it's really 20 if you look at what I'd had in college, 20 year journey to try and figure out what should I be doing and how can I actually lead the life that I want to lead. Well, thank you for sharing that because that's it's extremely powerful. I think a lot of people are going to resonate with that story. Obviously, I think it's why you've you've had so much success with what you're doing because so many people struggle with what you've just described there. Um, this 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 misalignment in um, you know in the breakdown moment, and so when you launched this business, how did you find yourself more aligned? You know, what was it about this journey, you know, seeking alignment, you, you found this coach and you started this business and then, you know, kind of walk me through that process. How, how did you, you know, change your life and align with, with your true, uh, your true purpose? How did you find that out? Cause that's hard for a lot of people. They're like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I'm aligning with. Yeah. Uh, It definitely was a journey for sure. What I knew when I left uh, my corporate job was I wanted to help people in unfulfilled jobs, like be more fulfilled. (laughs) That was literally it. In fact, my very first logo, which I did all of the mistakes everybody does when they start their business. I did all of this time ideating on what I want my business to be. I built my logo and my brand. I built my own first website. Good gracious, do not do that. Um, And I really didn't spend the time that I should have to understand who was I serving and what did they want and need. But I made all of the mistakes, right? But my very first logo said, helping people find their passion and purpose. Hmm. And what I love about that is, and what I have found in this synergy of the last five years of this journey is that the pieces always come back. 
Because if you look at what I'm doing with Ascend, there's a, a lot of pieces that tie back to that very big piece uh, from the get-go. But for me, I started out um, trying to figure it out on my own. I had run large, multi-million dollar, eight and nine-figure businesses in corporate. So I left saying, I know how to do this. Um, and very quickly, about five, six months in went, oh my gosh, being an entrepreneur and running a business is very different than starting a business from scratch in corporate America. I was overwhelmed. And that's when I got my first set of mentors. And it's funny, and, and I'll share this because, uh, you know, the title of this podcast is The Investor Frame. We're talking about investing. That very first investment that I made, six months out of corporate, when I had given myself a year worth, I had saved a year's worth of income. And that's how I was going to make it. I'm going to take a year. I'm going to figure out and build this business and be able to support my family. And six months in, I'm lost, overwhelmed. I said to my husband, I need a mentor because all of the information I'm researching is conflicting. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I clearly don't know what to do. And the first program I went into was a $10,000 program for about eight weeks. Um, and it was really focused on helping you get clients. And that, that investment in that journey was far different than what I expected. I got some incredible things out of it. Number one, an understanding of mindset and the importance of how I viewed myself and how I was looking at life. It opened up my perspective that I didn't have to sacrifice the income that I thought that I had to sacrifice, which became sort of a center point, obviously, for the work I do today. Mm -hmm. And what it did is it introduced me to a lot of people and relationships, which have become incredibly instrumental in the last five years of my business. And, but I remember that very first time investing in myself. I had never done anything like that. And I was in a complete and utter panic because I had roughly five months of income left and I had to make a decision at that point in time. Am I going to, am I going to take this risk? Because I know my current path is if I keep doing this, there's no way I'm going to make the income that I need. But if I take this bet and now I've really shortened the time frame, can I actually pull it off? Or am I going to run out of money, have to do take a job I really don't want to take and still have not accomplished? Um, thankfully, my husband, who has always been my biggest supporter, said to me, I believe in you. And I know that investing in yourself will yield the greatest ROI because I know when you commit to something, you're successful at it. And that one investment has now opened up what has now been well over $450,000 of investment in my own, myself and my business, and ultimately my clients, my family, and everyone I interact with in the last four and a half years. Oh. I would never have thought that. Um, and I could tell you very proudly that I've invested that level of um, that level in myself and what I do because I've reaped such huge benefits from doing so. And I'll continue to invest in that way. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question other than to say, you know, it's a journey and it wasn't always easy. I made a tremendous amount of mistakes in the last five years in building my business and creating alignment. Um, and that's a lot of why, honestly, I started Ascend. And uh, what I've done is the bridge to fulfillment, sort of the first 18 years of my adult career in Ascend is what I've learned in the last five, truly. Um, and I've been going to events and, um, you know, I've been working with people in corporate on the bridge to fulfillment. And I go to these events with all these entrepreneurs and I've been helping men at all of these events for years. And all these men are like, how come you can't help me? You only work with women. And what I really have learned in the last five years in terms of true alignment with your purpose, the impact that you want to create in your life, um, how you work, being able to truly create the life that you want 
um, has been some of the most impactful and powerful work of my entire life. And it's ultimately why I created Ascend is to help other people, other people not only be able to get alignment, but to learn how to do this for themselves. I think one of the misnomers about alignment, Paul, is that it's a one-time thing, right? Like, oh, I just need to get alignment and now I'm good. Yeah. But the reality is that that's not, what'd you say? It's like a box to check. Yeah. And it's not a box to check. And I think this is the thing people really don't understand. I often talk about clarity and alignment are like peeling layers to an onion, right? And each layer unlocks something else. But so often I hear people say, well, I'm clear now. (laughs) And I find that hilarious as if there's like an end destination. That's not the way it works. Think about it. I often talk about things in terms of uh, analogies of journeys because that's how I see it. Think about it. You drive your car over a period of time. And then what happens? Your car gets out of alignment. It starts steering a little to the right or a little to the left. You need to go. You need to get your tires realigned so you can go back. That's what happens in life. As we continue to grow and evolve, we have alignment at one period of time or we have a level of clarity one period of time. The more we go on that journey, though, the more new opportunities, new growth, new whatever happens. And we need to constantly be able to continue to gain more alignment and get realigned because we'll get off sometimes, et cetera. What I describe, and we talked about this a little bit when we were in in Little Italy, was um, this idea of most people are going through life. And those of you guys who can see us will understand this. Those of you are listening, you just have to hopefully come with me visually, which is, right, most people are going through life and they're driving like this. They're swerving, almost as if they're drunk on the road Mm -hmm. (laughs) from one side to the other to the other. And what happens is there are critical points when we really are off. And that's usually when we seek the help of coaches, guidance, people that we trust, mentors. But what happens is then people get back on the road and they go, oh, I'm good. But then they end up still doing these huge swerves through their life. When you really understand and begin to gain clarity and alignment for your life, you're making small adjustments. Mm -hmm. You're in the same lane, very small tweak adjustments. You're not feeling these huge shifts. And when you do that, that's when life becomes easy. That's are you describing when... are you describing resistance when you say that? It seems like, you know, as you start swerving further and further away from, you know, the center, it's like you start to feel this resistance. Um, and is that what you're describing? Um, yes, I think that's part of it. Part of it is resistance. And that's part of where you can tell you have misalignment is you feel resistance. That's a form of misalignment. And often people don't understand that. They think they need to have willpower and push through. Um, They think that's the way it's supposed to feel. It's not. When you are aligned, it's easy. You don't have resistance. But also part of it, Paul, is how much wasted gas, time, energy are you spinning as you're going left to right, left to right? It takes a lot of energy to be that focused and constantly have to adjust your hand and the steering wheel You're not going in a straight path. So you're going off and you're wasting all of this time and energy doing things that are the wrong things. And so when we talk about misalignment, it's experiencing a lot of things. An unsettled feeling that there should be something or could be something more than what you're doing, right? That I think is one of the most common. And you know that if you have that, it's just this feeling that something's off, that there should be something more. But we also feel it and experience it on a day-to-day basis. I feel resistance. I procrastinate. I'm not getting things done. My mind won't shut off. Um, We experience it in a lot of second guessing or doubting ourselves. These are just a few of the ways of which misalignment comes to fruition. Um, 
it impacts every single area of our life. And what, what I want people to understand is that it can be so much easier. You know, when I was a little kid, um, little kid, meaning like 10, 12, 15, I started studying a lot of the things that I teach and educate on today. This is not something new for me. This is not something I've been doing for five years. This is something I've been doing for 30 (laughs) plus, because as a young kid, what I really realized, I would look around at the world and I'm like, why do people not get it? Mm -hmm. Why are they spending so much time and energy on these things that don't matter? And I was studying things like, what are people's biggest regrets when they die? And finding your purpose and passion and spirituality and near-death experiences and handwriting analysis and personality tests. I was studying all of this in like middle school and high school. And I think what, what happens is everybody just, what happens is I just see people living life on autopilot and it honestly breaks my heart. Because if you look at most people's lives, they wait until they get to the very end of their life and they have tremendous regret for the life that they led. And that's what I consistently have seen over and over and over again. And I think what happens is we get real with ourselves in the quiet moments. Something bad happens in life and we get real and we say, I'm unhappy. Or we finally allow ourselves the space. And in those quiet moments, we realize how unhappy we are. We realize we're misaligned or we're not leading the life we want to lead. But often what I see is people don't take the step forward to actually do anything about it. To actually recognize that that is a gift that's being given to you so that you don't regret, so that you can actually do the things that you're meant to do in your life. And so for me, I look back at what was a very long feels like a very long journey to get where I'm at. And I also realize that I've achieved something that probably most people won't because most people won't do the work to create the life that they want. And I think that's one of the things that I love about the entrepreneurial space is that we are the ones willing to do the things most people aren't. We are the ones creating. We are the ones that are focused on growth and expansion and creating lives of meaning. And so it's been such a, a huge blessing to have finally found my people mm-hmm. in a world where uh, most of my life I looked around and I felt like there weren't a lot of people like me. Mm. Uh, it's really well said. There's there's not a lot of people who have that true alignment. And I think that's why I was so attracted to your energy is because I can tell you've got a true alignment with um, with what you're doing. And I'm still on that journey of kind of discovering that. And let me just sort of recap a few things that I've heard you say. How you might know you're out of alignment is when you're second guessing yourself. You have these unsettled feelings. It's in the quiet moments when you, you're willing to admit to yourself, maybe this isn't the right fit, right? But oftentimes that doesn't lead to any sort of action. And, and what I heard you say is that you've got to do the work. This is not a, this is not a checkbox. Yes, great, I'm aligned. Um, it's, it's a process of discovery throughout your entire life. Um, so when you say do the work, uh, what I'm hearing you say is that it, it involves a lot of times getting around other people who are also committed to doing the work because, um, it's not an intuitive thing going from external to internal. Like most people have it inverted, right? They're looking externally to tell them how to feel internally. But, but what I've learned from you is that you've got to flip that process around. You've got to build 
an internal uh, alignment and peace in order to have that reflected externally. And you talk about peeling the onions back. So like, okay, like, let's say I'm someone who's, you know, has, and I, and I was for a really long time and I'm, I'm only now getting better at this recently. Someone who looked externally to tell me how to feel internally, someone that's feeling that way or might be experiencing these, these, you know, symptoms of misalignment. Where should they start? How can they start reflecting more internally and letting that flow outward? Yeah, that's a great question. Here's how I would describe the the journey to alignment, right? Most of us have been driving our car cross country for 20 years and have never given it a car wash. Mm. Our windows are very dirty. We cannot see clearly. You got to clean the windshield. And then right after you clean the windshield, then you've got to remove the friction. So you're not going and swaying left and right, right? You can make these small motions. How do you do that? I think this is the thing that's really important for people to understand. Everyone thinks it's all tactical. That is the mistake. In the same way that me trying to figure out what my right career change was, was to look externally. It's not. It is a mix of both internal, right? What I like to say. emotions or mindset plus tactics. Here's the tricky piece that people, most people don't understand. And you are right, Paul, proximity helps. Being around people who've done this and understand this, right, can help teach you. But the challenge is most of us actually have no idea of our own limiting beliefs and our own blind spots. Mm. And that's where all the gold is. That is the dirt on the windshield. And so I have found, my personal experience and consistently found that the way to true alignment is to actually work with an expert who can help actually help you see those things. You know, it's a funny thing in the Bridge to Fulfillment, women come to me because they want to transition into more fulfilling work. And so they come and think it's all going to be about career and tactics. And all of the first stuff that I teach them is actually about who are you? Mm. What are you actually gifted at? How do you actually naturally work best? What is alignment for you? And then we go into the tactics. Mm. And every time I've had clients get, my average client gets well over a 20% pay increase, but we've had women get 40, 60, 80. I've had two women get 120% pay increases. Wow. I know it's crazy. And even with that, they'll consistently say the money was the least valuable thing that they got from the work that we did together. Because having a peace of mind, being able to shut your brain off and be at peace, being able to create a life of intention feeling it alignment with what you're doing, right? And how that ripple effects into all of your relationships, how you feel on a day-to-day basis, the level of energy and passion that you have, that you feel like your life is of, of the value that you're wanting to create. You cannot put a price on that. Yeah. And so when we talk about how do you start that, the first thing is to be able to recognize that you have, you have barriers that are standing in your way that you are completely oblivious to. You know, we often talk as, about as an entrepreneur, that what's the biggest barrier standing in your way to what it is that you want in life? And the answer always is you. Mm-hmm. It's always yourself, right? So part of the process of alignment is recognizing that you're your own barrier and you're unaware of what those barriers are and being willing, and I say do the work, being willing to um, invest in spending the time to actually understand who am I What are the belief systems, habits, patterns, 
um, perspectives that I have that are actually keeping me from living the life I want to live. And then how do I develop the skills that I need to get where I need to go? I've done a tremendous amount of personal development work on myself in the last five years and obviously then use those skills to be able to help the people I work with. And I could tell you that in my personal opinion, there's nothing more valuable because I think people are looking to things to make them happy. They're looking to accomplishments to make them happy. But if you really look at the pattern in your life, you'll see that all of those things you thought were going to make you happy, made you happy for about a hot second, maybe two days. Yeah. Right. And then you're back on the wheel again. And so to me, alignment is about really, truly being able to get back to the core of like who I am, who am I really as a person and what makes me valuable and what do I care about in life? And why have I been given the skills, gifts, passions, talents that I've been given? Often people don't understand. There's a reason why you work the way that you work. There's a reason why you have the skills um, and the passions and you work the way that you work. But most people have been going through autopilot in their life for so long and have never been taught to learn any of these things about themselves and have lived a life with so much friction and resistance that they think that's normal. Mm. When you can begin to strip that stuff away and you can begin to work the way you work, your efficiency like easily doubles, Paul, easily. You can easily do twice as much as what you used to do, but then you're not drained at the end of the day, right? And and you can feel a sense of, confidence and accomplishment because you're working in a way that is aligned with who you are and how you work best. And so, like I said, most of the time I talk to people, I'd say the average, if you were to ask me like, how much clarity does an average person have versus what they need? I have a lot of people come to me and go, I have some clarity. And then when I actually ask them what it is that they know, and clarity to me is like the more simpler thing to define sometimes than alignment. Clarity usually comes before alignment. Um, I'd say 10 to 15%. The typical person I speak to that says that they have, I I feel like I have some clarity on where I want to go has about 10 or 15% of what they actually need to create Mm. what they want in their life. Well, and and so, so you and I came through the CCA program. And in fact, that's how we met uh, was through Nick and Dan. And so I'm going to borrow a couple of the things that we learned in that to sort of, you know, tie in some common language here. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs and, and really people in general, they might have clarity on the endpoint. Here's the result that I want. But clarity doesn't start there, it starts at the beginning. And Dan taught us this framework called CASE you know, collect, analyze, strategize, and execute. And again, I'm a technically minded person. So I like these acronyms and I like those types of you know, frameworks. But what I'm hearing you describe is, and, and also when we took this CCA uh, course, one of the first things we talked about was identifying our biases. And it's a version of collect that a lot of us don't want to do that. We don't want to take the time and collect the information around like, what is standing in our way? What are the biases that I have that I may not even recognize that I have? Because how can I actually go out and build a strategy if I don't know what I'm dealing with? And it's not, um, the thing is, is everybody has these. This is a human thing. And oftentimes it's a, for me specifically, it was hard to admit that I have these biases until I got around a group of other people who were like, no, like we are all biased and flawed. So 
So again, it, it's not necessarily the community that does the work for you. It was for me, it was the community that gave me the, uh, the support I needed to admit to myself, you might not be all you're cracked up to, to be that you're you know playing in your mind. You have all these other biases stacked on top of each other. And that is what's contributing to you drifting off course and trying to find these, you know, these things. Um, so I love that you mentioned we have to do the work first. What that means is really getting real with yourself, getting around people who are able to shine that light and say, you know, I know you say you want these things, but here's what I'm seeing that you're doing in your behavior. Here's the misalignment that I'm seeing there. Um, so yeah. getting that windshield cleaned off after these 20 years uh, is hard because it's caked on there. We don't want to like do the work to get all that stuff off so we can actually see clearly to determine what we ultimately want. And so I love that you said clarity oftentimes comes before alignment. We've got to get clear on not only where do we want to go. That's great. That's maybe 15% of it. But you've got to get clear on who you are and what your biases are up front. Yeah. I love how you tie that to, uh, to case. Cause you are right. Right. It's just everyone's skipping, everyone's skipping all of that going straight to strategize. And I think there's two things that really hit me with that, which is people are setting these arbitrary goals that they think will make them happy. It's, but it's like this thing. It's like, mm, say I've never traveled anywhere overseas. And I just decide that I'm going to book a flight and go somewhere. And I spend no time analyzing what I want to get out of that experience what do I actually enjoy? Do I like to hike? Do I like cold weather or warm weather? And I just go. And then I get there and I realize, hey, this is okay, but I don't really want to stay here. And so then I just hop a plane somewhere else. And I just keep hopping planes. Mm -hmm. Very different than stepping back and saying, hey, I want to go and I want to travel the world. And what's, why do I want to travel the world? And what's important about that to me? And how do I like to travel? And all of those things. So then I can make a strategic plan. And when I spend my time and my energy on the things, it's actually going to get me where I want to go. And then it's creating this vision that I want for my life. And that, right, compiling and analyzing and spending the time doing the work allows you to do that. Because we all have limited time on this earth. Mm -hmm. And we have limited time every day. Where are we putting our energy and are we putting it into the things that get us where we want to go? Mm -hmm. The second thing I'll share when you talk about biases, that's just one form of the dirt on the windshield. What I would share is, and I think most people don't understand this is, this is a human condition thing, like what you talk about, but the way that our brains form is by the time we're seven, most of our belief systems in life are set. Mm. What we experience as a very little child then creates all of our belief systems. And then we spend the rest of our lives operating from those belief systems. And we are reinforcing those belief systems all of the time. Why does this matter? Well, because when you're a little child, what you're most focused on is safety. I need to be safe. So anything that creates a situation where you feel unsafe will form belief systems that then will create patterns for the rest of your life. Imagine that you have two parents that are uh, workaholics. They work all of the time. And when they come home, they are exhausted. And you ask for something and you get screamed at. As that little child, you go, oh, I did something wrong. And if I ask for something, I'm going to get in trouble. So I should just not ask for anything. And I should just be good and do whatever my parents say. Because if I ask for something, I'm not, I'm going to be in trouble. Mm. 
And then you stop asking for things and then your parents praise you. Oh, you're such a good kid. You do everything I ask you to do. And so what does that do? It reinforces this perspective that I shouldn't ask for anything and that I should just do for other people. And what happens is we then carry that throughout our whole lives. And how does that come to fruition? I'll give you an example. I've had many clients like this. Well, then they're struggling in their career because they feel undervalued. They feel like people don't listen to them, don't value them. They feel tremendous anxiety when they have to ask for things that they want. And in fact, many times they will not ask for the things that they want because they are fearful that something bad will happen to them. And so they won't stand up and ask for what they want. So they'll go through these patterns of being with abusive bosses, people that take advantage of them or environments that are very toxic, right? And then they keep changing jobs, hoping that will solve the problem. Mm. But the problem will never be solved until you get to the root cause of this belief system that's driving all of the behavioral pattern. So that's just one example, right? Biases are one too, but there are a tremendous amount of belief systems we form as a child. And by the way, those are all actually things that you can get to the root cause of, and you can actually remove very quickly. It's very different than traditional um, counseling that takes years. There are far more effective methods to be able to get to these things, get to the root of them, remove them, see them for what they were, which is, hey, Paul, if this was you, hey, it wasn't actually that you shouldn't ask questions. You had two parents that were completely burned out and exhausted. And when you could see it for what it was like, oh, that actually wasn't it. The whole belief system that I formed that I'm a good kid because I just do what I'm asked and I don't ask a bunch of questions was never true. Right. Then you can operate from a completely different paradigm. And I think people are very unaware that these things even exist yeah. and that they're literally living out and creating these patterns. We often talk about, right, beliefs create thoughts. Thoughts create actions, actions create outcomes. Most of us don't understand that we are literally creating our life every single day. And so if we don't, if we're not achieving what we want in our lives, it's because we have these things that we've been operating in many cases from a survival instinct without any understanding that that's actually what's happening. And until you fix those patterns, you can't actually have the huge quantum leaps and transformation that you really want. That's what I've experienced. And that's really the work that I do. That's incredible. So I just read a book uh, very, very recently. You might've heard of it called The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, that was the first time I had really ever gotten exposed to this concept of the agreements that we make when we're kids. Um, this idea of, no, you shouldn't do that, right? So you turn into to seeking approval and it's like, what you're saying right now is resonates with me deeply because I haven't really ever given any thought to what are the things that I picked up before the age of like maturity, let's just say that have now carried over into my belief system that I'm reinforcing on a daily basis because it's easier to just confirm the things that you already believe. It's much harder to rewire. And you have no idea that a different way is possible in many cases. So I often tell you, right, I had this very long and painful journey in corporate. Well, the belief systems I had from my childhood was Mm. that you had to devote all of this time. Um, If you had a really high power job, it took a lot of time and energy. You had to sacrifice for your family. And it was hard. It was hard work. These are all belief systems I formed. So then no wonder I literally created that for my entire life until I got to a place where it it became so destructive to my life that I had to create change. 
And often that's the case is it becomes so destructive to our life that we, we are forced to create change. And that's really when we begin to look at things. But what I really love is when you can, and especially the work that we do with Ascend, people who have started this journey and begin to understand the power and the importance of personal development and growth, because it's one thing to fix it when you're at a transition point. And I do a ton of that work, but it's incredibly powerful to begin to build on that and to begin to realize that you have the power through doing this work and being able to understand yourself to learn not just how to get aligned today, but to learn how to continue to align yourself for the rest of your life. That's where the power is. Because then that means I'm not just creating what I want today. I have the confidence that I can create what I want for the rest of my life. Yeah. I love how you said beliefs lead to thoughts, thoughts lead to actions, and actions lead to outcomes. It's not about deciding the strategy or executing or deciding what the outcome is. That's not where we do the work. We're not out trying to figure out, well, what business do I start? How do I figure out how to get through this market shift? What's the next, this, you know, what's the next job I can take? Because I don't really like this one. If you're feeling those senses of misalignment, second guessing yourself, trying to define the outcome, In fact, the outcome and the strategy becomes extremely clear when you do the work on the front end to get clarity on your biases and on your beliefs, the two factors that contribute to cleaning off the windshield. But we want to skip that. Why? Because it's hard for one. And two, we may not even be aware that we have them. So you don't even know to go back to that because you're not aware that you're operating from these beliefs and these you know, biases. It's subconscious. Like That is the human, the challenge with being a human is we have these things and we're not even aware of them. So um, what I love about this is, is alignment becomes extremely simple. If you can follow this process, you got to do the work. And I say simple as in like, it doesn't make it easy. It's very difficult to do this, but the process has, has been proven time and time again. You're a testament to that. Your community is a testament to that. I love what you guys are doing. Um, and so I just think it's fantastic. So where can people go if they're feeling misaligned and they want to, to learn how you help these types of people, they want to get more involved in what you're doing or, you know, kind of peek their head in and see what you're up to. Where can they go to find out more about this? Yeah. Thank you, Paul. I love that. And I would be happy to share that. I'll share one more thing to tag onto what you said, which I often say in life, you choose your hard. Mm. You said it's hard to do this work. I would actually tell you it's far easier to do the personal work and the alignment work than it is to live the life where you're constantly frustrated, dealing with, with all of the friction, second guessing, et cetera. That is a much harder life. It's like death by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think sometimes we have to change the perspective. It actually doesn't have to be hard. It can be a lot easier. And in fact, the life that you're leading is hard. And when you do this work, your life can actually be easy. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it all. Um, In terms of finding me. Yeah. I have a website. It's blakeschofield.com. So it's S-C-H-O and then field F-I-E-L-D. So those who are interested in joining us in Ascend, Ascend is our community uh, for purpose-driven men and women who want to lead a life of more alignment and more ease while being surrounded by people who um, they really feel, right, seen, heard, and understood. 
Um, through that, we actually do we free community calls twice a month. We uh, for those that really want to have an experience and be able to to transform and do that in a more substantial way, we do uh, events, two day transformational events. We have a fun one coming up in January, and then. Um, I also do some uh, additional one-on-one work with people who really want to accelerate their alignment. Mm. Uh, For those who are, uh, you know, maybe corporate women looking to make a transition, the Bridge to Fulfillment is the place uh, for that. But that's, again, all on the website. So if you go on the website, you can see and join the community for uh, SEND, or you can scroll down and you can see and get more information on the Bridge to Fulfillment. Fantastic. We'll definitely go check that out. Um, I know I've been watching what you and Renee have been up to for a while. And in fact, before we jump off, I want to mention one thing that I, I can't believe I didn't forget. I forgot to bring this up, but it was the, the thing that you and I connected on the most when we were in San Diego with Dr. Jeff. And he asked us a question around recreation and what we what we enjoy or, or what we do for recreation. I forget exactly how the question was posed, but but you and I connected on the fact that we said, I, this is what I do for recreation. I, I, you know, I get around other people who are trying to solve the same problems that I am, who care about alignment uh, and purpose and actually making something out of something out of this life. Um, and my recreation is going to find these people, you know, it's flying to San Diego and doing, you know, uh, events in Little Italy. It's, uh, you know, going to the to the Wolf Den events where, where you and I met as well. So I just I thought that was I just love that, that it's okay to do things like that for recreation. Yeah, that, that was my, well, probably my favorite moment from the entire weekend. And, uh, you were actually the one that said it. And there was such beauty in, in that moment when you sat and you were like, how does this help me get my goals recreationally? And you're like, well, this is it for me. And it's the first time in my entire life that I have found somebody that felt that way. Most of my life, people were like, well, why are you focused on growth and development and all of these things? Like, why don't you take a break? Because they saw it as work. But for me, I always saw it as um, as my recreation. And I remember, and that is a moment I'll never forget. You know, Dr. Jeff Spencer always says, don't decide the value of what you're going to bring, right? Your job is just to show up. And in that moment, you were just speaking from your heart about how you felt. But that moment was a huge game changer for me because it was the first time I saw the mirror back and went, I have permission. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. And a huge part of Ascend and the community that we're building is to create that at a deeper level because I love these events and I love being able to, to meet people and do these things. But the actual community part, right, where we're not just talking about how we're growing our business, but like, what are we doing in life? And how's our life going? And how are we feeling? There's not as much time. It's like all fit into the nook and crannies. And I think it's really important for people like us who lead different lives than the majority of people. Like, let's just face it. We do. Um, to, To be around people that we can relate to and we can be inspired and we can learn from and we can live life with the joys and the struggles right? The things that we're challenged, the goals that we are going after that our friends or family may not get. And what I loved about that moment was just a complete, yeah, like I see you and you see me. And it was again, just a, a, a beautiful moment for me of going, yeah, I'm not alone in this. And there are many of us that are not alone in this. And that's really the heart behind Ascend is 
um, the be bringing the power of that together in a more impactful way. Because I spent five years going to events and I love them, but what I consistently see is how can we have more real relationships, deeper relationships, more living life together beyond the spurt of like, oh, this is a great two days, and I got inspired and I got to do X Y Z. But how can we create a community where people are building those relationships um, and those deeper relationships and this deeper impact um, consistently? Agreed. Well, Blake, thank you for being such an inspiration for me. And thank you for joining me here today to share your story. It's, uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of people will resonate with this. So I hope you guys go check out what she's doing at blakesgofield.com. You can learn more about Ascend and the, the Bridge to Fulfillment. So thank you again, Blake. It's a pleasure as always. And uh, for the rest of you guys, we'll see you on the next